We're live. Welcome to AAA Live, the spiciest show called the Actions Podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan Camacho, and today is, of course, my ride or die homie, Nat Vu in the house. Nat. That's me. Yeah, buddy. And my friend, what in the world is going on with Kayfabe recently? Because we've got a match to talk about, and we're talking about a team this time. But this is probably going to be talking about the whole match recently. What match mm-hmm. are we uh, – well, firstly, we're talking about the experiment. If you haven't caught on our little title, episode seven right here, talking the experiment and beating uh, Chance Cobra Ellison, we'll get the chance later. Uh, right now, we're talking about the experiment. And, oh, my God, let's let's just leap in. Let's leap in about it, buddy. Let's do it. I mean, as soon as I watched this match, I was like, I need to talk about these this cave. like this is a really interesting dynamic to me mm-hmm. and yeah i'm super excited about it what are you what are your thoughts yep um my thoughts going in man so i was really intrigued to see two things one seeing lon's new character from the pre uh pre-matches promos kind of mm-hmm. saying he's just like this hoodlum delinquent kid guy or whatever and he's just like this recovering alcoholic professor yeah, uh, that I was really intrigued on going into the match, and then when you get into the idea of seeing Hewick and Elliot, seeing Elliot Dewberry have to play it like hostage straight laced is kind of how I would describe it. That is the, like one of those interesting things for me where I'm like, all right, let's let's see how Elliot works with Hewick because that's we'd just seen recently seen Tom and Paul play, and they kind of have a similar concept. You got this like outgoing frat party boy, and then you've got like this dark goth being of knowledge that's next to you. So it's a similar concept um, to Tom and Paul. And I was like, all right, let's, let's see how this works. And oh my God, I love that they're doing this like hostage situation thing with Elliot. And they're just gaslighting him. Like, <laughs> There's no gun, but there's a vibe. There's that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, it's really shocking me. Like coming out of that match, I didn't, I, I do want to talk about Lon Harris, but the, like the dynamic I really want to talk about is the experiment. Like, oh yeah, it's really saying something because because I have a lot to say about Lon. Like that is character development at its finest. Yeah, the way his characters did a one eighty completely, and he's so entertaining now. He's as a baby face, but the experiment. I mean, my God, did anyone think it would something this good would come out of the draft, the, a new team that would be like this? Like I certainly didn't. I I, I just. It makes me miss the wild berries a little bit less, but not, not too much, obviously, because I love the wild berries. But like, I just love this this whole storyline of Dewberry in distress and this hook was like, I mean, it's just perfect. It, I cannot pick up two two better people to put on a team that just have that interesting dynamic. Right. I think like on paper, if you look at, I'm going to be comparing Tom and Paul a lot because it's, like I said, they're just very similar brands. Like you have the same kind of concept kayfabe wise there. Um, Tom and Paul are very much meant to be like this very, this like incredible team trivia wise as well. And not that Elliot can't be super good and Mark can't be super strong as well. Mark usually plays great matches and tends to lose at like 32 points. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have this weird vibe where, like the pre-match promos before then was like um, Shannon telling Mark, you're like, all right, yeah, I-, I want you to bully him. I want you to make him feel miserable. I want to make him feel terrible. And I was just like, oh my God, this is, that's terrible. But I'm also so intrigued. And then seeing it in the match where just in the, the post-game promos where he's just tearing into Elliot, like doesn't even care about the other team. He's just destroying Elliot on the, like, on the spot. And then Shannon's like, 
yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's okay. We're on the same team. And it's just like, no, we're not. No, we're not. And I'm like, this. <laughs> I can't help but to laugh. It, this whole match had me in, in tears. Between that and just Lon being Lon and Oyama being Oyama, we're not talking all the way into them, but they're too good not to mention them here as well. The whole match. Yeah. The whole match was so kayfabe juicy, and I needed this, man. I did, because it felt like these past couple matches have been okay kayfabe-wise. We had Corruption and the family recently, but family has kind of gone face, and then we had the whole McQueenie stuff. So it just really felt like there wasn't a lot of meat to bite on. There's not a lot of in-game banter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this has been – this has been. Like, I mean, am I wrong? Is this like the championship of like kayfabe in the season so far? Like, no, you're definitely not wrong. I think like this match had it all – it did have the movie trivia, the the close match and everything, but I think what really shines is the kayfabe, the storylines, and the interactions between these people. I mean, it was so good. Like, this is this is just masterful character building. Like, I mean, yep. What? How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Hoyt. Hoyt. Yeah. Um, Mark. I think he's. We we met him at the after the awards. Mm-hmm. He is his character. That's him. That's him. There's no middle ground on that. Yeah. There's no acting there. That is Mark Hoyt in a nutshell. Yeah, he's he's a great addition to the league, and I think him and and Dewberry, they're just such a. I I don't want to say odd couple because that's already a team, but like they're they're pretty much a really odd couple, and I love the the whole. It feels like a cult. Corruption feels like a cult because oh, yeah. Shannon was like like you're part of our family now. Is it really a family though? If you're just cutting people left and right, if they're not doing well, it's more like a business to me. And I just, I just really appreciate how cold that fashion feels. Like mm-hmm. it's like people are uncomfortable and everything. And I love that. Right. Uh, I want to take a quick second to address the chat because I love that at this point in our show's run, at episode seven, everybody's main comments are, "Who are we upsetting today?" Yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Uh, Bill had mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Who are we kicking off today? Who are we? Everybody except Jake. Everybody but everyone, Billy. Uh, yeah, usually everybody. If you want to, if this is your first time tuning in AAA Live, stay tuned for the second part of the show where we don't try to make people upset. We just break down stats um, about beating players. But if you put out strategies about beating players, it makes people upset. Stay tuned. We'll upset everybody later. Right now, we're trying to have a good time. Just talking about the experiment and Elliot and stuff. Um, you bring up a great point, though, with the, the kayfabe synergy of a faction, right? So you're talking about how corruption feels very culty and everything like that. And I've always argued that that's that their fan base has already kind of always had that vibe. So I like that they're really just adopting and owning that. Um, I'll call it Atlas. I'm like, I've, I'm so I really like the corruption team. I love Shannon as a manager. The corruption faction has a very culty vibe to it. You guys know who you are. You guys know what it's like, all right? Like, you guys have the Kool-Aid. Let's be real. But we're sitting here, we're getting into it, and it's just – it's funny watching the post-game interviews with uh, with the experiment and even seeing, like, oh, you know, what happens if they if they tank two matches in a row? What if they go 0-2? Do you think Shannon's going to split them? And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, either she just doesn't split them just to make Elliot stay, like, miserable, or – she splits him and then makes Elliot pair up with somebody who's worse just to keep giving him losses. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of, like, oh, my God. Why am I thinking, of what's the worst way to make Elliot Dewberry feel terrible in this faction? <laughs> yeah. That, like, the doors that's leading open right now, yeah? I really don't think she's going to cut him because, like, 
she she's had the opportunity to trade him to like swag or whatever through yeah. the Bears to get something big in return, and she hasn't done that. So she obviously has big plans for him. And I personally, I really hope like they don't split up because they have the the potential to be a really good team. Dewberry is really good, like he's the yeah. good, and and Mark is obviously really good too. So I I also think that they they cover each other's weaknesses really well, but I I mean. I, that's sort of like secondary to me. Like I don't really care about the trivia part. I just I just love seeing them together and them interacting. Like that's that's perfect to me. Mm-hmm. Now it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I do hope they stick because they are so entertaining. Um, and they had such a great team to play off of with um, not the experiment, the the final exam. Um, yeah, having those play them up on foot, I really want them to stick together. If they but let's, let's brainstorm a little bit. So here on, on Kayfabe, you know, we sit here and talk about the Kayfabe side of the of the showdown. Um, but there's also a little bit talking about, you know, like what do we think the direction moving forward is for this team? And let's say hypothetically that, you know, they go to and then they, they insist that they split up as a team. What faction, if Shannon's going to do a big trade, what do you think she does? I mean, do you think there's a potential where it's like, oh, let's look over at um, – the Inglorious Ones faction, whose name is totally um, blanking right now. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it looks at that, and do you think they just make a bull trade for, like, Elliot for McQueenie, who's retired, but could possibly come back in and just start sweeping in the second half of the season? I, I don't see the usual suspects doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I also don't buy that McQueenie's retired. I no. The story thing, because, like, I mean, McQueenie, the person, wouldn't do that. Just, like... The uh, first, the first overall round, uh, first overall pick in the entire draft, just retired after one loss. I don't buy that. That's but, yeah, that's hard for a faction to deal with. You have to guess that there's going to be at least something in the second half where he comes back and makes like a crazy run, maybe like collision or at collision or post collision or something like that. But I mean, he can't be. It sounds from the stuff they were talking backstage. It sounds a lot like there. It's more of uh, something's going on in life right now, so he's just dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded thankfully more positive than not, which was great. But I do think there's a little bit something to be said that it's it's for right now he's being retired. But yeah, there's no way there's a round one pick that just goes into retirement right after the first match he has in the season. That would be wild. That'd be so wild. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know. But all right, so if we don't do Elliot trading there, because that's just my first thought with the whole family news and everything. Mm-hmm. Where I mean swag, of course, because we have, you know, yeah. um, McCuga, but obvious choice. I don't think they're gonna get like anyone like super good. Maybe, maybe for Chandru, but I, I feel like he's gonna stick around with the swag. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the next person that's not on a team besides uh, Oyama and Harris is uh, Josh McCuga. Which I mean, why would you do that? Switch <laughs> one ready for another. All right. Yeah, I, I don't see him trading the swag. I, I really can't see him trading anyone unless they get. Unless Shannon gets a really good pick, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just I just don't see it. Right. Yeah. Personally speaking, because I really want them to stay together as a team, uh, I think I think they have a good shot of winning their next match. They're, I think they're probably going to play another own one team or a team with a losing record. Right. Which could be crazy though, because think like, what if they what if they paired up against Tom and Paul? I mean, Tom and Paul are own one right now, which would be yeah. because that. I mean, stats-wise, I'm going to go Tom and Paul on that match, but they have a lot to figure out synergy-wise. And I think that the funny thing is is that I think the kayfabe aspects really played an interesting part in both of these 
two teams as matches. Like they're very comparable, Tom and Paul and the experiment. Yeah. But you're looking at, I mean, how they just played together. You, I really felt like there was a lot more synergy between um, Mark and Elliot than there was with Tom and Paul in the match. I mean, even as they were cutting up and doing their, like their bits, I still felt like they were really flowing as a team. I really felt like that, you know, they were talking to each other when they needed to and kind of get it together. Um, I didn't really feel that as much from Tom and Paul. So I think that's an interesting situation. This like, why not? I mean, they're essentially the same team on, on kayfabe paper, mm-hmm. both on one. So, yeah, on paper, they, they are pretty much the same team, but I feel like they, they each have a different kind of vibe. Like, like, right. Tom and Paul, like, it's not so much a hostage situation. Like they want to be a team and it, you can't say the same about the experiment. Like they just like, it's just a completely different vibe for me. I, if, if I was booking the matches, I would put them against Rick Hong and video drew. I think that would be a really great match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, create more weirdness. Don't sit them and put them up against somebody who's too similar. I agree. I think that's really the direction they should take with it. Um, and there's so much more, I mean, give me that, give me that video drew match against Hoik again. Yeah, Elliot in there as well. Like, there's a lot of fun banter to be had in that match. Like, I think with that team, you look at more so who's more fun to watch them play against rather than who's more strategically makes sense to play against, right? And yeah. the ones, you're like, you really got to You want to put together like a fair and balanced team against another fair and balanced team, either O and one or an upcoming O and L team, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even more so. You look at it like, oh, what are what's what's entertaining, you know? And um, yeah, <laughs> I really like your idea of video Drew and, and Rick on that one. Just mention, yeah. I mean, if that happens, just poor Dewberry. Like he's just right. gonna be because <laughs> get... the only normal person on that table. I know he's just looking around like, why? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> like... <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I love the idea of putting Dewberry as just being this person that we're reacting through, like. Yeah. Dewberry becomes the everyday man, right? He's, he's the man, exactly. Like, and you wouldn't expect that from his run at, with the libraries. Like, Dewberry's not an everyman. He's he's pretty blacky himself. But now, right. yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's like in comparison to like the the goth world humor that comes from like Hoyk or Drew or Tom or any of these people. Like, it's just it's we've said before. It's low key. This is like the most genius little sub corner of the kayfabe side of Snowdown because it's. Mm-hmm. It's not heel, it's not face, but it's also just this impossible thing to deal with. You just have to be better playing at them with trivia because yeah. you can't try to like heal them up against it because they're just gonna be like, our brain is in the sixth world right now. You have your mortal words mean nothing to me. Like, and as a face, you're just like, oh hi, uh, uh. like Bibbs is about the only person who I think can jive well with that because he's such a big horror fan. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Right. So yeah, I mean. Do we have anything else to speak on 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 the experiment as far as what we think? With the, I mean, we're loving it. Like that's without them. Give me more of it. Give me their next match tomorrow. Um, I can't wait for it. What about you? No, I I definitely can't wait. Like, I this is what I watch this moment out for. I watch it for the character work, the kayfabe. Like that's my favorite part. So I I just really like the idea of people who are so reluctant to be a team. Mm-hmm. Who, as a result from this draft, like I think that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to see more of that. Yeah, the true odd couples are really coming out on this one. No, no point against uh, Andrejko or Snyder on that one. But a lot of people over the chat, real quick, we're seeing a lot of people kind of agreeing that yeah, Tom and Paul weren't clicking in their matches, and 
Uh, Krista Todd mentions that she would like to see Video Drew against uh, Tom and Paul, which would be, a, oh, God, that would also be crazy fun as well because we're getting the Paul versus Video Drew match in that one. I think that would break Video Drew's mind. Like, oh, my God. I, it already is. Like, I think part of yeah, you save that for like something that's spectacular or like a pay per view or something like that. Like that's just such a big headline. Um, Brandon Hanna. Speaking of matches that are happening sooner rather than later, special shout out to Brandon Hanna. Don't worry, Oscar. You're here in the chat if you're still here. Brandon Hanna's got his match with Shane Drew coming up next week, everybody. We are so excited for that one. I know it's not even remotely what we're talking about, but I am uh, so eager to see that match. I can't wait to see that one. That's going to be another really? rich that story match. Yeah, we're always gonna make time to talk about Tanju versus Hannah. Like that, oh my god, that is my favorite what rivalry easily. The the stuff they do, the interactions on social media, I fucking love it. Give me more. I can't wait. Yeah, there's not many times where I've sat there and said, Oh man, uh a rookie two rookies are gonna have the best storyline, like rivalry in my opinion, and this is after like Ben and Drew. That's that's by the that's not by the wayside now, guys. It is Chandrew versus Brandon Hannah. Put that into a promo. That is the spiciest rivalry right now. Cannot wait to see part three in that next match. Um, yeah, that's on the kayfabe a little bit. Like, I think Chandru is such a good babyface because he can evoke that kind of like support from the fans. And Brandon Hanna is fucking shit-talking with Skywalker over here. He, it's he's not a good heel. I love it. This is just yeah. such a classic face versus heel dynamic. It is right. It is a very pure heel versus face mentality. I don't want to spend all, all day talking about it, but because Brandon yeah. Paul chat and he had a really good comment that's going to transition us into this next segment um i had to give him that shout out man brandon Hanna, we love you we love chandrew as well we can't wait to see it there the only winners and the only winners in that match really are the fans there are no losers in my opinion um but brandon Hannon will tell you that chandrew will be the loser in the comments i'm sure um but speaking of brandon Hannon's wise words of wisdom he's recently pointed out a comment so our uh, other part of the show is Competitor's Corner. If this is your first time tuning in, not tell our lovely fans what Competitor's Corner is about. Competitor's Corner is basically where we run down a certain competitor's strengths and weaknesses, and we basically create a guidebook for how to beat them and how to strategize against them. Right. I'll add on a giant asterisk on the saying that we do this usually for players we think are underrated or just are players that we generally are very respectful of or anything like this. If we're picking you on Competitor's Corner, you are – Truly, somebody special in that, and I mean that yeah. in the best way possible because I think we've got some misinterpretations that people are thinking we're just picking a player just to pick on them or anything like that. Oftentimes, yeah. I'm gonna brag on you for how good you are, and that's why we're picking you. But now, nah, am I wrong on that? Yeah, we, the intent here is definitely to comment people. I mean, look at the people we've done. We've done the most dominant champion in the history of this morning, Alex Damon. We've done Dameron the Goat. We've done Mike Kalinowski, a double belt champion. We've done a lot of really good people. Like, if we don't respect your gameplay, we're not going to talk about you in Competitor's Corner. Right. We're putting you on here because you're a person to be beat because you are that good. Or you're underrated, and we need to prove why you're that good, but we're also going to discuss, you know, all right, well, if you're overrated, let's talk about why. Let's look at the stats, and let's see how you actually match up. We are messengers of the numbers, guys. We have our wonderful Megan McCurley plug out to her doing all the stats behind the scenes for the show where she's just statting the whole show down and we just pick a player and say, all right, who, who are some underrated players? Who are some players who are punching well above their records with their stats? And today's is none other than the Cobra himself, Chance Ellison. And we're just going to leap on in. So our main strategy here today, guys, is uh, Brandon Hanna says, I could just tell you how to beat Chance Ellison, just be me. Well, he's not wrong. And IG, Brandon Hanna is 1-0 over Chance Ellison. So 
the first thing, guys, in the beating Chance Ellison, be Brandon Ham. Be the hot man. Be the hottest man and slow down. Uh, now we're going to get a little more in depth than that. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's dig into the stats, all right? So uh, before we go in, chat, if you're paying attention right now and you're on here, what do you, what do you think about Chance? Do you think he's overrated, underrated, properly rated? Where, where's everybody else's vibes on this one? Now let's, let's discuss that before we look at the stats, actually. What about Chance? What do you think of him? I for sure think he's underrated. And I know, I know I say that about a lot of people, but I truly believe he's underrated because he has a two and three record and he is way better than that. He, I don't want to say this about everyone because to me, I, I want to mean what I say, but I truly believe that it is just a matter of time before Chance Ellison becomes a singles champion. He's that good. I just, I, it, it just baffles me what his record is, but if you look at the people he's played, he's played a murdered role. He's played he, the only people he's lost to are former champions, former singles champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm there with you on that. I think before I got to see Meg's stat outlook on Chance, mm-hmm. I think Chance was actually properly rated. I don't think his record reflects that in his singles run, but I look at him cumulatively, right? Like two and three record definitely does rep- doesn't represent Chance as as good as he is. Um, and then we look at his team's record, though, but he's been a former team's champion at one point, and he's currently on the path to having a rematch against the Founding Fathers for him. So when I look at it from that point, I'm like, okay, well, he's a, he's a team champion at one point going in for another match on that, while also being, um, you know, somebody who's just had some hit or misses on, on the singles matches. But the problem is people know how good Chance is. So Chance has got paired up and been a low, like, low seed, played against Bibbs, Play depends. Um, yeah, who, let me let me pull this up real quick. Let me just get to the graphics. Let's look at it. Let's see who he's played. Yeah, let's do it. So I'm gonna go full stats on this one. This is year. Emma Oyama and Bips Oyama. That's the one who I was struggling to remember with. Okay. Yeah. So again, special shout out to Megan McCurley, who does all of our wonderful stats here on the show. She is That's the best numbers on that one. You can follow. Megan McCurley at Twitter, where she'll randomly throw these out as little sneak peeks at Megs underscore reclaimed. Go check out her stuff, guys. She is wonderful. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at his round, I mean, this is his singles career stuff. Let's just take a peek at round one for a second, okay? Seven and seven with Janine in, in Brooklyn last year. And all these stats are just going to be looking from season six onwards. So we're not going to be looking at season five prior because we don't think that it stays too relevant if we don't just look within the past season. Yeah, we're not including his match against Erwin. Right. This, yeah, this is without the Erwin match as well. So um, round two, or his second match, perfect. And the perfect question. Match against Oyama. Goes perfect in round one. Gets the perfect question. Uh, match against Bibiani. Goes perfect. Gets the perfect question. Like, he's really good round one, guys. And we're going into this to say he is the best as of these stats looking from season six to now. We're looking at Round one averages. He has an 8.5 average. That is like having an S, A, A++ S grade. Yeah, yeah. There are only eight questions in round one. And he has an 8.5 average. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it gets a little interesting to see somebody that's that good in round one who's been consistently hitting 8.5 as an average be two and three in singles. Um, now, granted, this does account for his stats and teams as well. And teams, he's probably going to run a little better. I think he's there's a lot more confidence with teams because I think he, him having somebody like Mike to bounce off of does a lot for 
bring his confidence up, which I do think he's one of those players that his character is confident, but I don't know how confident the player is when he gets into the match. Would you agree with that, Matt? Um, I mean, maybe I'm not, I'm not really sold on that. Just like I, I, I know chance and I, I think he's, he's pretty confident in his movie trivia knowledge. Um, but I mean, having a partner certainly helps, like helps boost that confidence. Like everyone needs a, a confidence boost, no matter how confident you are. Right. Um, going in. So, and I'll, I'll put an asterisk next to that comment of mine, because I know that he's not a, he's not a person that gets shaken very well. I haven't seen him ever get just at light, like shut down in a match or just start tanking or anything thus far. Um, he's not really good at staking post throughout his matches, which is great. I think that's a big perk against him or a perk for him on that one, which looking into round two, this is where we see his, I mean, even still, he's still ranking top five average on players. Round three is where he tends to be not doing too well, makes mentions in the comments. And we look at that and we see, yeah, round three, he's got, mm, all right, he gets his five in round three. Or he gets five points in round three, so he probably got the two and three in that one. I don't have the exact breakdown on that. Same thing with Bibion. He got his two and three, missed the five. Um, I think the five tends to be his biggest weakness on that one, so it, it does become one of those endurance masses with chance where you have to sit there and say, all right, I just got to rack up my points, making sure that I can get my five. Even if you tie him into round three and you get your five, chances are you're likely to get the two or at least the three. Those are the questions you're going to get or some combination. You can still probably go into overtime with him on this one. Um, Chance is one of those players who's going to get a strong lead early on, but round three is going to be the death of him. So I think that's something to really keep in mind. You're going to want to stay really strong and on him throughout this whole period. Um, Megs mentions in the comments, his round one average is lower in teams. Riddle me that one. Um, yeah, I don't got an insight on that one, Megs. Like, I won't lie to you. That's, maybe it's... I'm, I can make a hypothesis. My hypothesis here is his team's performance is lower because Chance is a person who thrives under pressure. I think he's one of these players that with knowing that he has Mike, he knows that he could tank a couple questions in round one and Mike's going to pick up the slack if he's starting to fall behind and vice versa. If Mike's falling behind and he feels that pressure, he's usually probably playing better. Check the stats on that and tell me if I'm right. But that's my hypothesis is that I think that he's one of those players that if the pressure is all on him in singles, then he feels like he needs to really crush round one, and he usually does. In teams, there's a little bit more leniency, which probably helps in some ways but hurts in others. I think Chance is one of these players that plays really well under pressure, and we've seen that. Look at his matches. He plays against Oyama and Bibbs and has crazy good matches. Looking back on those stats, where is that one? Uh, he's almost always with right within one question range of, of either winning or losing on this, right? Uh, he had to miss his five-pointer against Oyama to lose against Oyama. I remember that. And against Bibbs, he had to hit his five-pointer to hit him into a tie game or outright win. Um, round two, he spins off Spielberg. Tough break getting in the first round. Ultimate, yeah. So he's one of these players that I think plays exceptionally well under pressure, but at the same time, it is part of that struggle there. Check the bottom one. Accuracies for round three. Ooh. Oh, I get round three accuracies. Yeah, round three accuracy, 50%, 75%, 33%. He's those deep cuts for chance. Uh, I mean, those are going to be his biggest weaknesses. So it's hard to sit there and say, all right, go in there and mastermind the questions so he gets plot point questions because he's more likely to miss those. You can't really control that. But that's something to keep in mind. If you're thinking that he's doing that Bateman strategy, trying to bluff his way, just stalling because he doesn't know the question on a plot point question. The plot point ones are those deeper cut ones that are more relevant to the movie. Those are the ones where his weakness actually is. 
Yeah, the ones where you actually have to watch the movie to know the answer. Like those right. are the ones that get to. I think his surf level, surface level knowledge is really good. I think it's the best in the league. Obviously, his round one. But I, yeah, I think I think if I were him, I would just like try to like study the plot points of the movie more. But I mean, there's not really much you can do about that because like there are a lot of movies out there you need to watch all of them. But I, it's just it's I think luck plays such a big part in this league, especially if you're at the level chances at and you're playing the level of competitors that he does. Yeah. Like, his match with uh, Bibiani was super close. I think he, he scored like way more points than like most of the most of the other winning team winning people in the in the tournament. Like it, it just goes down to like his strength of schedule, his luck. And mm-hmm. I, I think he would have a way better record right now if just a few things went a different way. If he picked different numbers. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said that Chance is maybe one of the unluckiest competitors in the Schmodown for somebody as good as he is because, yeah, I mean, his pairings have been his biggest struggle is that he gets paired up against juggernaut players or people that are just totally on their prime. Whenever he's playing on Oyama, Oyama was on his cha- on his run to the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he played Bibbs, it was Bibbs who was who won, you know, or who got to the finals for the, the ultimate singles tournament. So, yeah, but... That's not to say he doesn't have weaknesses, as we are covering right here in the strengths and weaknesses little section over here. Um, Strengths-wise, animated, comedy, adventure, new releases, Spielberg. He is a 100% on five of these categories. Round one, he gets every question on this. Round two, he gets that. If he has to go with multiple choice and Steven Spielberg, he gets 100% of it. Round three, he's crushing on this. However... Uh, we get into dramas, we get into thrillers, he's 75%. We get into rom-coms, crime, and famous actors and actresses, and this is what you're really wanting to look at. This is the stuff that I think is the real meat of Chance's weaknesses thus far. Uh, and I always say thus far, because if Chance watches the show and says, alright, my weaknesses are out there, time to study up, you know, he could totally short this up. That's within every competitor's range whatsoever to sit there and make their weaknesses strengths. Mm-hmm. But man, it's hard not to, for somebody's percentages who are as high as chances, it's hard not to look at seeing 50% famous actors and actresses, 50% crime, 50% rom-coms. Um, those are pretty glaring weaknesses on that one. What are, your, what are your thoughts on these weaknesses on the categories that he's weak on? Matt? Yeah, I mean, these are the weaknesses I would expect. Like, I know, like, obviously he's, like, super good at animated and Pixar. Obviously, don't don't choose that. Um, um, yeah, I mean, drama is a really hard category because it's so broad. There's so, there's so much you need to know. And I mean, yeah, these these are pretty much they're not a, a shocker. No. So something I kind of find interesting, just looking at the two differences between the strength categories and the weaknesses ones, uh-huh. Chance is a person who enjoys feel-good movies, I think, and does not like feel bad movies. Because looking at the strengths, we have animated comedy, action adventure. We go into these movies to turn our brain off, have some fun, and just enjoy the good vibes. We look down here, and other than rom-coms. Uh, which again, that could easily be a gender thing. As a guys, guys more are I feel like are less likely to be knowledgeable in rom coms. Um, but we look in the thriller, we look in the crime, we look in the drama. All three of these categories are ones that are probably going to be like here's Zodiac or your Zodiacs or your um, you know you're not really feel good movies. And I think that's an interesting little thought. Uh, I wonder if that's a true link, maybe to other categories that maybe weak against. For that's really Right, so as we have like Tyler Perry on the cat on the wheel and stuff like that, for whatever reason, I think that's going to be a strength for Chance because if he does watch those movies and enjoys them, he's a hundred going to be a hundred percent on that. But because they're all comedy, right? But then we yeah. look at the other ones. 
And they're the feel-bad movies, man. It's the one where dark things are happening, the brooding stuff is happening. And other than rom-coms, yeah, crime. That's kind of my bold prediction. If there's a movie category that tends to lean more towards, like, darker tones or something like that, maybe Chance is less likely to be doing well in those because he just likes the feel-goods. Yeah, that's a really interesting theory. I, I don't know how accurate it is, but, like, with the data we have, I think that's a pretty good hypothesis. Like, mm-hmm. I just I – just, think we should wait to see like him being more matches because uh, i mean i've talked to him I, I never really got the the impression that he was like he was just like his favorite movies are the feel-good movies like, right that's all kinds of movies and i mean if you look at crime he has 50 percent of that but we've only seen him answer two questions in crime true right? so I don't, I don't know i think we need more data i think i mean maybe you might be on to something mm-hmm. Players, keep an eye out for those dark tone categories. Big th- I wanna, yeah, I, I really want to see that one fleshed out because I think it's just interesting, the difference on genres. I think people don't think that deep into some of these tip, these weaknesses and saying, okay, well, we know that he's missing here. Um, Max points out an extra point that his age may play a factor based on the movies he's watched at a young age. Totally agree. I think age makes the animated and comedy and that stuff makes it a lot more relevant for him because he is younger. I think he's only like, what, 21, 22, something in that ballpark. Yeah, youngest champion. Yeah. Um, the other thing that kind of sticks out to me is famous actors and actresses. And I think that may be more of just how the questions have landed, because that seems like a category he should be extremely knowledgeable about based on his round one knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. If, he, if he's nailing surface level questions like, who's the main actor in this? Who main actress in this? Who directed this? this? This is something I'm expecting him to be a lot better on, but he's only scoring 50% in this category. Yeah. Well, earlier when I said I wasn't shocked by this, the, the famous actors and actresses is the only one that surprises me a little bit because uh-huh. I, I I feel like he wouldn't he would do better in this category. Like this is mostly surface level knowledge. You don't need to know plot points and everything. You just need to know who's two stars in the movie. So I don't know. Yeah, I think his weaknesses are the most interesting part about him, all things considered. Um, his strengths are pretty telling. He's a solid player all around. So let's let's get into the quick recap then, real quick, huh? Let's talk about Full big picture. How do we break in the chance? How are we beating him? So round one, let's be real. He's probably going to go perfect or hit seven at the least, nine more often than not. He's probably going to take the uh, advantage in round one, which means he's going to be choosing his preference for spinning into round two. Um, I didn't get a chance to peek what his preference was on spinning first or second, but I don't think... I don't. I mean, if he's playing with Mike a lot, he's a, he's a momentum player. He would rather be ahead throughout the whole time and never have to think twice about it. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I agree with that. Right. Probably spins first, tries to get the advantage. He's pretty solid in round two, so and he just wants to always feel like he's on top. So my guess is that somehow you pull ahead and you get to pick the spin on it. It's a small little leap, I'll admit, but I would say going first and having the advantage on chance. I think it's going to be a big momentum swing for you. I think that every little thing matters in these matches now, Nat. Yeah. So having okay. just takes away a little bit of comfort from him. I, I, I'm guessing he's a momentum player at looking at that. Um, going into round three, if you've tied him up or he's holding up on that one, makes points out that he spins first. Uh, I want to click it. Let me click it. <laughs> so um, him spinning first isn't surprising at all. I mean, he's his teammates with Mike, so I feel like they're both momentum players in that way. Spinning yeah. And taking that little bit of comfort away, I think will make a big difference in how it plays out in round two and into round three. And round three, he's that's his weakest round by and far. If you can pull in 
that's where you're going to be fixing the gap. I think you have to keep in mind, as long as you don't get knocked out or TKO'd by round one and two, and you're at least relative with chance, if you can get your five, you're already immediately back in the game or just outright winning. I think it's going to feel a lot like the Snyder-Irwin match that just happened yesterday. Go check out a reaction on this channel. Me, Nat, and Alex cover that reaction. I'm not going to say who won in case you haven't seen it yet, but it came down to the wire, guys. Every bit counts, and those five-pointers make a big difference. That's all I'll say on that. Oh, that uh, makes a huge difference. I think that's that's really the biggest key to beating chances is get your five-pointer and hope he doesn't because right. if, if you're in, like, round one, don't get discouraged if he doesn't miss a single question because that's what he does. He's got three perfect rounds, and I just you just got to stay locked in, hope you get a good spin on the wheel, and then just answer your questions as best as you can. And don't get discouraged. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we do have – that kind of round strategy. Going into the the other side of it, what we always say is, is he kayfabe proof or not? Um, chance, we we honestly don't know. We don't have enough data on it to see the players we played against. Oyama, Bibbs, uh, you know, all these players that are at the high levels that beat him or give him a good match tend to be pretty straight-laced players. They're just more trivia-driven. They're less involved in the banter and, and the kayfabe side of it. So it's hard to say if you can really shape Chance. He's the heel in the match anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to play the heel anyway and play the kayfabe part with him because he's already playing the heel role. If anything, he's going to be trying to play it. Yeah, and if you look at teams, they've mostly played face teams. Like even even the family, they were their face when they played them. Right. And I think I, I mean, you could probably make the argument for Roca because he's kind of a tweener. But yeah. I, I mean, from what I've seen, he hasn't really been been tested in that way. And like someone who's going to try to get in your head. Yeah, exactly. I, I really want to see him go up against somebody who's really going to try to play the mind games with him. Maybe, like, if he gets a run, then maybe he plays up against Bateman or something like that. I think it would be really great to see how he evolves and thrives in that match. Or, I mean, even some of the newer heels coming in, have him, have him go IG, play against Hannah again. Like, let's just have him do a one-on-one. -on -one. I would love to see how he how he thrives in that K-Fake situation, because Hannah is... I mean, debatably, I, you're going to want to give it to Mike for, like, biggest heel in the IG division, but... Hannah yeah. is doing so much better heel work right now, I think. Like, Mike is so – he's heel in the pre promos, has a great match, loves the competitor at the end. Hannah <laughs> hates the person from start to finish and will hate them on Facebook. Go check out Brendan Hannah <laughs> match later this week on Thursday. Well, wait the next week on Thursday. Yeah, join the hit squad on Facebook for some of the yeah. best trash talk you'll ever see. I think – it's interesting because I think Mike is the top heel, but I, I don't necessarily think he's the best heel. I think – that probably goes to Red Hannah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with that. Especially with the IG division, that's kind of where it is. Give me, yeah, give me a hot man Allison run. Just make it. Let Brandon Hannah just play the same two or three people every time because it's just gonna be Chance or Chandrew or somebody like that. Um, I feel like, yeah, Brandon is gonna be one of those people who ends up like Chance, who just plays against top level competitors multiple times in a row or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, overall, Chance kayfabe proof. We don't know. We haven't seen him have to be in that situation where he is the case. He's a he's definitely a player who plays better under pressure. So I don't know. Maybe you let him just take the lead for a little bit in the match. You know, let him feel comfortable, um, and then just sneak in, be close enough, and hit your five and take the round three steal. Yeah, I mean that that's pretty much all you can do. I mean, if you're playing a, a player of Chance's caliber, you just got to answer your questions correctly and don't give him his strengths in round two. That's pretty much it. 
Right. I mean, I, I won't lie. This chance is a hard one to really break down on competitors' corner for that stuff. You know his weaknesses. You're going to go in, hit something with a darker tone, hit drama, hit um, rom-coms, hit famous actors and actresses, which is just generally a tough category, I think, in general. I'm I'm less hesitant on that one. I'll, I think those ones are just how the questions land for him. I think that could be a question he's actually – or a category he could be really, really good in. Mm-hmm. So I want to see him hit that category another time before I go referencing this and saying, yeah, give it to him. But crimes, drama, rom-coms, those three are definitely glaring weaknesses thus far. So right. um, those are ones if you're spinning on him and you get it, he gets an opponent's choice or you get something that you want to be strong in that he's not going to be good in, hit one of those three. Those are going to be the big strengths for you for getting, keeping staying alive in round two and hopefully stealing the match in round three. But I do think that chance is one of those players you just take the match from him in round three. Um, he's got great stats in the first two rounds. Uh, accuracies are bonkers good. <laughs> so definitely better than his 2-3 record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's just one of those people. And, again, we don't have that kayfabe insight into him. So that is more or less our review on how to beat Chance Ellison, everybody. If you thought that it was incredibly disrespectful, you can make sure to clip out the worst parts of it and send it right to him on Twitter like everybody else does on every episode we do. I'm kidding. Please don't do that, guys. We're not trying to hate on the crowd it was hard to. It was. It's always hard to pick the weaknesses out of all these players, even with Dan Merles. The same thing could be said about Chance Ellison in this one. It's just like, just answer better than Chance. I mean, really, that's the best strategy you have. Yeah, I mean, earlier Billy was like, "Let me find this quote." He was like, uh, "I can't wait for." Can't wait to make it harder to see him beat Chance than Dan Merle. Have you watched the Dan Merle episode? We were grasping at straws. All right. <laughs> We say multiple times we're grasping at straws with this one, sure. And again, we said that Dan was maybe a little more kayfabe, more kayfabe weak just because we have the Andrew Guy matches site. But you know what? Dan Merle's been proving us wrong ever since. He just played Bateman in a crazy championship match where Bateman was pulling out all the stops on that one, and I think that just made Dan angrier. Um, there's something to be said about Dan's five-point question, but I'm not going to touch on that that whole thing in comparison to Ben's. But it's either here or there. Dan's the champ right now. Props to him. He earned it. He is effectively un-kayfabe proof at this time now, or he is kayfabe proof at this time for at least this moment. Um, maybe we'll see. I don't know. Maybe he can get worked up again. That's 50-50 be said. Chance, there's 0% chance that he gets put in that situation unless he's an IG against maybe Brandon Hanna or if he gets a, a new upcoming heel coming up um, in his singles run. But before I wrap up the show, I guess let's say, let's say this, all right, because I like planning ahead, seeing what the future looks like, Matt. What do you think uh, Chance's next match is going to be in singles? I don't think he's going to get a champ-level player right off the bat because they want to give him somebody to help bump up his record a little bit. But they want him to still be a challenge. So who are these like high B-tier, low A-tier players that Chance can play? I give him Paul Preston. Preston? Preston. Ooh. I like that. That would be a killer match. They're both super underrated. They're both really good. They're not quite at that championship level. No. Just under it. So. Yeah, they're they're right on the brink, right on the cusp of that. Um, you know, I, I want to flip it a little bit, and I'm going to sit the his teammate. I'm going to send Tom at chance. Oh yeah. So Tom, he'd be going in singles. Oh no. So he probably could be playing chance at two and three, but chance is on a losing streak for his singles run. So I could see that being a valid thing. Um, I really want to see how he interacts with Tom. Oh man, yeah, and the kayfabe side of seeing Tom with chance. I think that would give me a little bit of, of what, I, what I want from that. Even more so, I just feel like Tom is the opposite with Chance on my hypothesis. If Tom is going to – or if Chance is going to pick feel-good-like vibes, 
Tom's going to pick like brooding dark despair or video games or something like that as like <laughs> or video games. I like how you put that with the <laughs> movies. Um, yeah, I think those are the top the categories Tom is going to pick. Uh, chat, who do you want to see Chance Elson play next? Who do you think is going to be a fair matchup for it? And hey, level two trading, pop it on in. We talked with you a good time for the reaction yesterday. Um, but in the comments below, guys, put us what you think. Who do you think Chance is going to play next? Who do you think would be a great match to see him? do a mix of trivia against and it'd be a good match uh, or would you rather see something kayfabe heavy who do you want him to play um let's get some more stats i want to know more because right now chance doesn't look super beatable he's just getting beat by somebody who's on a hot streak or just champion level players so mm -hmm. um but without further ado guys let's start to wrap up this wonderful episode of AAA live everything firstly thank you everybody in the chat who's been in here on this day on this incredibly positive saturday afternoon um, definitely no negativity here. No negativity in AAA Live. We're not making it a thing. Uh, <laughs> Nat, where can they catch you at, my friend? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NatAS44 and on Facebook. I'm NatVu. And also, I just want to make a quick little PSA. A PS AAA Live, if you will. Stop giving people who look like us dirty looks on the street. It's not our fault. Yes. Right? <laughs> go, go hug one of your Asian friends. Not, not right now because of social distancing, distancing yeah. and all that. But, you know, once this all blows over, and if you don't have any Asian friends, maybe it's time to do some self-reflecting because there are billions of us. The, literally billions of us. Literally billions. Asian friend? Back to you, Dylan. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, you can catch me here at AAA Live, and anytime I randomly pop on to reactions or anything like that, you can catch me at Twitter at C-A-M-A-C-H Octopus. It's this whole last name of mine right there, and then at Octopus. Like, it's just one big word. Um, you can catch me on Facebook at this name, Dylan Camacho. Cool. Um, yeah, otherwise, stay healthy, everybody. Coronavirus is running wild right now. We were going to do a whole segment on perception versus reality. Is coronavirus that bad? Let's look at the stats. We didn't want to do that. We didn't figure it out. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I won't lie, I slept in today. So I didn't get a chance to look at the stats and do the segment if I wanted to. Um, but make sure we're staying healthy. Make sure we're putting all that positivity out there. A lot of negativity. All the cancellations are going on. Um, free for all Houston, all the slowdown stuff is getting hurt by this as well, but the world's on fire, everybody. We can't say it's personal. We just want everybody to be healthy and happy and make sure that we're still getting our slowdown and our slowdown related content on a reasonable time. Make sure to go send some positive vibes to everybody who's dealing with and struggling with this stuff. And most of all, respect your homies and the Asian action army, triple a live. We are signing off everybody. You can also, before we go, make sure to check out, Meg McCurley's, our wonderful statistician. Yes. On the show. Go check out our Twitter at Meg's underscore reclaimed. Pretty sure I said that right. Whatever. Make sure you spell it right. You'll be okay. Um, that is our show, everybody. Make sure to tune in uh, in another week or two. Uh, we'll be sitting here. We do the show bi-weekly. Normally it's on Thursdays. Uh, some stuff came up this week, so we had it on a Saturday. But make sure to tune in here in a couple weeks. We're going to be coming back on better than ever. If you want to see somebody in competitor's corner, hit us in the comments below. Tell us who you want to see us cover. Tell us who you want to upset again the Slowdown League and see our Twitter get blown up by this competitor. Hit it below if we haven't already covered them. Uh, otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy. Make sure you get your toilet paper. Good.